Hey, we wanted to share some recent content with you from our 2022 When She Leads conference, where our theme was Breaking New Ground, taken from Hosea 10:12. Here is one of our breakout sessions. Yeah, so I'm Sarah, Sarah Holiday. Um, I'm the worship director here at Reliance, and we, we, we said we're going to start with when we started out. Yeah. Yeah, I'll so um, yeah. I was forced into worship ministry. I'm one of those me. kids. My parents uh, put me in piano lessons when I was really young. And they just threw me in. So I started with piano when I was in high school. And I um, I really liked it. I was just really shy. I didn't know. I've always loved music. Uh, I'm Samoan. So our family, the whole Polynesian thing is like we love to sing. Any occasion. Doesn't matter. Someone sings. Another, there's another. There's a three-part harmony in like five seconds, you know? So um, I just grew up with that, that culture and that environment. But I actually didn't start singing. I only played piano. I didn't start singing until I was in college. And um, it was there at Bible College where the Lord really gave me a heart to lead worship and to lead his people. So since then, there's been a few different things. I've been leading worship with Faith for like 10 years now. Yeah. <laughs> Love her. Crazy. And yeah, now we lead together here at Reliance. So that's a little bit about me. I'm married. I have one baby. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Hi, I'm Faith. I um, started leading worship pretty early. Actually, I should go back. My mom is a worship leader. And my dad is in ministry, so I grew up in ministry, um, in the taking naps in the pews in the sound booth. Uh, grew up Assemblies of God, um, ooh, ooh, um, still very Pentecostal um, in my heart and, and my mouth. Um, <laughs> uh, did uh, <laughs> what, grew up in the church and then started leading worship really early. You know, children's choir, you kind of just graduate through that and you get discipled through that, and then. Uh, at age 12 was the first time I was ever on a platform uh, in a not choir fashion leading worship because uh, our church in the Middle East, I lived in the Middle East for a while, uh, it's a long story, but uh, they were like, let's do a youth band. And I think it would be really cool. Or just have the front line singers be youth and then the, the, all the musicians be um, all the adults and then we'll just see. It'll be so cute, but I took it very seriously. <laughs> I would ask my mom's like, how do I pray through a set and all these things. So 12 years old was the first time that happened. Um, always played piano and very musical family. My parents are were very much like, um, uh, just play whatever instrument you want and then we'll support you. So that was really, as far as discipleship and as a musician, I grew a lot there and then um, my brother started leading worship, my older brother's a worship leader as well, started leading worship for different conferences, for youth and different interdenominational things, and his worship team were all 20-year-olds, And he, but it was really, Brooke, Brooke Frazier at the time, Brooke Ledgerwood now, uh, was huge back then, and they're like, we need a girl singer. And I, um, so my brother brought me along, and we went up and down the coast of California, I was 13, 14. Um, started a uh, youth band, called Revo, which is now a, an adult was, band with 30-year-olds. <laughs> we just grew up and became best friends. Um, grew together. But, <laughs> we've been together since uh, 2008, 2007, 2008, um, and with members filtering in and out, but uh, that's where we grew up as musicians, grew up as servants of the Lord, and uh, went through a lot of transition, a lot of band breakups and getting back together, ministry struggles, leading worship in different denominations where um, I as a leader, as a woman, would uh, be completely bypassed and then, you know, and um, so I've experienced a lot of different things uh, there. And then um, now I just, I'm here at Reliance with Sarah, and 
she's an amazing worship director, and I love um, being able to also lead worship at different churches. So on Sundays, um, I'm this is my home church, but sometimes I'll lead worship in San Diego. I love coming alongside church plants. Uh, so that's my heart. If you're ever like, we can only pay you for gas, but we need a worship leader, set, and then I'll, I'll be there. I'll drive down, especially if you're in San Diego. Yeah. I drive down there. So that's a little bit about us now. Oh, yeah, Mary, my husband, is the tech director here. He plays electric. Um, Lance mom with the face. And my, and I have a baby. <laughs> He's one month old. He's yes. so fresh. He's he very is. cute. His name is Thomas Tomas. Um, so your turn. We uh, we figured we would start with asking, uh, not really asking you questions, but hearing your questions. Why are you here? Why are yeah. you in this room? What are your concerns and your struggles, or maybe your victories in Hello. worship ministry? Hello, welcome. Um, so, what are some questions? If you were to say like Q and A, a Q Q and R yeah. question response, what are questions that you have that you would like to address? Yeah. And say your name first. So we yes, because <laughs> it's a little bit about you. Hi, I'm Sashan. Sashan. Um, I've always had like a, a heart of worship. I've always loved music, mm -hmm. um, loved singing. Yes. However, I don't feel like I have the talent behind like the desire and the drive and passion Ooh. or whatever. Like love music. I sing everywhere. I hum everywhere. But I don't feel like I have the talent. So now I join like, I feel like God's been like tugging on my heart to join the worship team for like probably four years. And I finally gave in. So I'm on the team, uh -huh. and I'm not like worshiping as much as I used to because I'm focused on like the words and how I'm saying it, and if they can hear me crack or if they can hear me like, Ooh, yeah, that's so real. I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm like in my head, so I'm not exciting. exactly, yeah. so I'm not getting to really worship, which I'm like, so yeah. should I quit and go back to my old worship self right. mm. and forget? Like, mm. Are you a perfectionist? Huh? Are you a perfectionist? Some would say. <laughs> it's hard when you like music, too, and you, and you worship because you know what sounds good and what doesn't sound good. So oh, yeah. when you get into your head in that cycle, it's like very... Yeah. Especially if someone records it and you listen to right. it later. Yeah. Right. Your church That's... live streams. <laughs> they were on YouTube. <laughs> 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 COVID. Yeah. Yes. 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 We'll write that down. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So what was, what was the... So the question is, like, how do I push through that where I'm, like, worshiping and not so focused on the voice? Ooh, I love that. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Uh, more questions. Yeah, more questions. And I know more will come up too, but like right off the bat, there's a reason why you need to be refreshed. <laughs> yeah. Specifically. So. Yes. Uh, my name is Victoria, and I do uh, worship ministry and church in Bakersfield. How would you address being a woman in leadership and having your entire team be old enough to be your dad or grandpa? I love that. <laughs> uh, how do you bridging the generational gap? Yep. And And uh, would you say, gender-wise, you're mixed, is, or is it mostly men? Uh, predominantly men, starting to bring in more women, but nice. my core, my base, my core line is men. Yeah. Anybody else struggle with that? Oh, that's else? a good no? one. Yeah, but the opposite. The opposite. I have a ton of women and no men. Ah, Hardly any men. Wow, that, yeah, that's very yeah. common as well. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have another question? I even have a question, but I just kind of going through a season of. It's been a hard season for me, so just, I feel like the Lord's just pushing me to continue. Mm, um, I love that. He gave, I was not a believer before, so he blessed me with the guitar and for my birthday, and um, okay, started picking it up and asking him to help me. I don't have anybody around me to show me how to use it, so I started leading worship, and I just kind of gave up 
season where I'm like, I feel like he's asking, like, I need to continue, that's what I need to do. Mm. So just, I think, reassurance and just, yeah, that's what you want. Encouragement, probably prayer. I, I feel yeah. like we all go through seasons of that where it's just, yeah. I'm tired, God. Yeah. Or like, should I even be doing and this stuff? Should I be doing this? Yeah. That's great. What's your name again? Maria. Yeah. Maria. Maria. Any other questions or anything? Like, why are you in about? this room? Yeah. Oh, I should say. Why I'm do you want to be refreshed? Uh, yeah, I'm Victoria's note. I what, I was also worship director at Calvary Vista for a time, so I feel that all my worship leaders were men. I was the only woman, so I feel I feel feelings. They're great. I love Calvary Vista. If you're a good Calvary Vista, I loved being with you. You're the, the, the most wonderful. <laughs> there is just a lot of tension sometimes in, in that conversation. Yeah. That, it's that's why we're here. That's why we're here to talk about. Yeah. On the on the opposite end. Yes. There, there is, as a, as a person who's getting older, even though I don't feel like it. Um, mm, and you look good. You look good. You. Yeah. I've been in the church since I was small. Um, yeah. And then now watching leadership turn to the younger folks and loving that, that music, mm. but trying to find a happy medium. Yes. Um, and that just, right, to make sure that everybody's perspective is heard and that we can worship in a way that's pleasing God and still stretching while also, you know, being comfortable now and then. Off, comes up after the fact, and you're like, I feel like I've been there. Thank you for sharing that. Anyone else? Other questions? Even if it's like, how do I transpose? <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it? What, <laughs> yes. okay, well, what do tech do you, do you use? Okay, I have another question for you. Victor, yeah. I have all the questions. No, please. How do you take it? How do you take a team who's never played with a click track before yes. and incorporates click track and/or maybe pads in the future? But track, how do you how do you do that transition and not freak everyone out? Transition. Yeah, because if you play with the click track, you probably have to introduce in-ear monitors too when people are used to wedges. The whole thing. Good. Okay. So, you're on your step. Way. Yeah, you're on your way. I literally took a whole Saturday and had everybody just play, play and have like a jam session. Right. And yeah. everyone got used to the, oh, like, yeah. like, but it took a whole Sunday step. Right. Because <laughs> there was a lot of pushback. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I'm like, but you're not on time, guys. <laughs> you're over here. You're falling here. Can we just get together? You're sitting on the plane. Sit on the plane. Don't sit after. <laughs> Yeah. So on the other end of my first issue, yes. so the first issue is me not knowing how to sing. So on the other end of it, they're not worshiping, but they can sing. So I'm new to like the team. How do you like, can I even do anything or do you just leave it to God? Like to just help them to worship instead of just, you know, being like beautiful voices. Like maybe that's why I'm supposed to be up there. I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you probably, girl, you. 
you can sing. That's why you're on the worship team. If you couldn't, I don't feel like they would have put you on. Yeah, they probably wouldn't have let you on stage. I feel like you're putting yourself down. But, but yes, that's good. That's good. That's a good point. Worshiping without, or singing without worshiping. Leading without worshiping. Well, if you think of more, raise your hands and stuff. Do we need to be out of here at three? Yeah. Uh, so we have a little bit of time. Yeah, we have some time. So when you think about it, even if it's like, we won't think that you weren't listening to us, and you're just like, I have another catch-up. I'm just <laughs> it up. But um, the verse behind our uh, workshop is from Acts 3.20, where it says, uh, then times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. And our prayer for this workshop is just that, that you would be refreshed mainly to know that you're not alone. I wish starting out in worship ministry, I mean, in being in the Pentecostal spaces, it was actually a lot easier to find more support for women. Um, <laughs> not going to lie. But um, but there have been times as I got older in leadership where I learned as a woman in ministry, there's a, there's a specific light that we have, not to play the victim or anything, but there is a tension that we live in. And, and sometimes I feel like, uh, especially if you're surrounded by men, sometimes it's hard to express that or even find camaraderie in that for whatever reason, um, whether it be your denominational um, stances on certain things or just uh, feelings of mistrust and, uh, in ministry. Uh, but our prayer is that you find camaraderie here, that you connect with other sisters who are in the same boat as you, who are, who are so gifted and anointed to be leaders like you and servants. So, okay. No, exactly what you said. We, sh- we have a community here that um, is not available to everybody. Yeah. So one of the one of the strengths I'd say in a worship and worship leadership, any any worship leadership, any leadership in fact, is building a community of other worship leaders. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Because there's some things that we'll understand as a worship leader that maybe a, like a youth pastor wouldn't understand, you know, or a greeter wouldn't understand. There's just some struggles, and one of them, like you said, like you said, um, we're in a predominantly male field. You know, and uh, or in your case, predominantly female field, and um, just asking the Lord and other pe- believers for input and, get, and gaining wisdom from each other. Yeah, so, yeah. you're first. Yeah. yeah. Our um, so our time here exactly what Faith said. It's just our vision when we came together when we were praying with Brenda, uh, who led this whole conference together when we were praying. It was just to refresh the worship leaders for our, you know for our portion of the workshop. And when I think of refreshment, I think of coming together, um, having a space to be vulnerable, but also also asking for prayer, gaining vision, like she said, networking, figuring out, you know, oh, you do this at your church, and also just kind of, you know, as, as Dana shared, just laying out, you know, some bad things have taken place, and I, I use the word trauma lightly, but some abuse or being taken advantage of is very common in our field. One, because we're women. Right, we do all the things, and it's just you know, if you're a mom, when I became a mom, I'm like, wow, my mom was super mom. How did she do this with five kids? You know, I only have one. I'm like, how did she do all of these things? But really, when it comes down to it, sometimes women, um, because we can do all the things, we do all the things. Does that make sense? So when we come together, when we take that time away, like Dana said, we can look back and be like, ah, was I actually worshiping? 
or was I just doing all the things, you know? So when we come together this, this time of refreshment, I just wanted to start out with the Lord pressed on my heart with something called spiritual formation. Do any of you know what that is? Spiritual formation? It is basically what it sounds like. So the word formation, when we define it, it just means um, to shape, to mold, right? To form, formation. When we talk about, when we talk about spiritual formation, um, that's just, it's the process of being conformed to the image of Christ, the process of being conformed to the image of Christ. And as worship leaders, this is so important that our worship reflects this process of being conformed to the image of Christ. When I say that, you know, like our worldview as Christians shapes what we do. And as worship leaders, what we do shapes who we become. But not only who we become, who our worship teams become and what our congregation sees. Right? So we're a very public ministry um, we're on stage, we're in front of people, we're singing, they see us, and people who don't know God who walk in, they're just like, oh, that's probably what a Christian looks like, you know? Like, oh, when they see us on stage, that's really what it is. But because our service is out in the, out in the open, a lot of times our private service under the Lord gets neglected. And we're all guilty of that, right? You, you've heard the, um, the cheesy saying, you can't give what you ain't got, right? Um, so this whole thing, it brings up the topic of spiritual formation. And I want to touch on what worship, what praise and song, that's the kind of worship I'm talking about. Like singing, playing an instrument unto the Lord, how that plays into our spiritual formation. So, um, yeah, like as I said, as being born again, being spiritual beings, everything we do is linked to our relationship with God and the Holy Spirit dwelling, dwelling inside of us, right? But But it doesn't mean that all the repetitive things we do, um, even if they're good things, it, it doesn't mean that that brings about our spiritual formation. So let me break that down for you. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to work this out of my head. So things like prayer, reading of scripture, right? Taking silence and solitude, taking time to rest. Like these are all vital to our spiritual formation. Um, depending upon the Holy Spirit, these are vital to our, uh, our spiritual formation. And sometimes as worship leaders, we get caught up in how good we sound. We get caught up in how smooth the transitions are. We get caught up in, what else do we get caught up in? The way things look on stage, arrangements, making yes. sure it's boy, girl, boy, girl, or, you know, and like yes. not too many, not too many things out of place on Sunday mornings. We get caught in all these things. Those are not necessarily bad things, but we lose sight of that, that true worship on the inside. You know, we're, we're, we're striving for excellence. We're, we're being faithful and rehearsing. But sometimes we just don't. We're not sitting and worshiping, worshiping the Lord first inside of us, you know. And it's important to know that God sees the heart. Yes, I believe that He cares about the little details of church. He cares about whether or not the harmonies are tight, you know. I think He cares about rehearsing and being faithful to show up to practice on time. Um, but He sees our the posture of our hearts, you know. And sometimes I know that it's difficult. Uh, I'll I'll be honest. Yesterday. When I was on stage, our click was playing 10 beats faster than it was supposed to play. And one of the girls, Lexi, bless her heart, she was like rapping up there in her songs when she started. And I was, I just looked over and we all kind of smiled. And I had that panic to where I completely forgot we were supposed to be worshiping the Lord. I completely forgot that I was supposed to be, you know, praising God, singing, singing these praises of Jesus, asking the Holy Spirit to rain down. Is that song Fresh Wind? Um, and I was just like, somebody needs to get that click. And like, I looked back and I was like, it was her husband. <laughs> I, was like, I looked back and I was like, what? 
Yes. You know, I'm like smiling, and I feel so fake, but you guys can all relate. I can say this. You can relate. I'm smiling, and I'm like, oh, you know, fresh wind. I look back, and I'm like, get the click on the right track. And the drummer's getting off, you know, but it's so funny how we do that. And then the Lord just is so faithful, and everything just flows, you know. It's like nobody even knew. I mean, the people who worship with us and who were on our team knew because they were just like, oh, I, saw, I heard you. <laughs> she was rapping a little bit at the beginning, you know. But the Holy Spirit is so faithful to bring us back to Him when, we, when we're open and when we're vulnerable, you know. When we, when we lay everything bare in front of Him, our, when, when God sees the posture of our hearts, He's just faithful, it, and when we're flexible to His Holy Spirit, this is what I'm trying to say. When we're flexible to His Holy Spirit and His leading, He always comes through for us. You know, so, um, yeah. Oh, I think our things are linked, so every time I I'm do this, so it's... I'm so sorry. I'm adding things, and <laughs> you're saying something. No, so it's okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. So, what <laughs> Go, go, go. Okay. Yeah. We okay. have combined our notes. Yeah, we combined our notes. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, all right. This is a bad idea. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, so you know what I was saying? Yeah, you fight to concentrate on what's really important. You fight to worship the Lord. And this is something that um, you cannot do. You cannot stay in the fight if you're not forming yourself spiritually, if you're not worshiping in private. And I think Faith's going to talk a little bit about that later. It's just like you can't pour out unless you're being poured into. And we know this. Like As worship leaders, as women who love to sing, how many of you sing? Does everyone sing in this room or mostly play instruments? Okay, so it looks like every single woman in here sings, right? I believe that as worship leaders, um, when we're at our lowest point in life, when we have immense heartbreak and, I don't know, we just we just really depend upon the Lord, sometimes all we can do is sing. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, uh, a few years ago, I, ha- I was in the toughest, roughest heartbreak of my life, and it had, it was, had to do with my family, and it was just the worst pain I've ever felt. It was like that kind of pain where you laugh when you... When you start laughing, you cry. <laughs> you feel a little bit of sadness, you know? And I just remember all I could do for weeks was just sing the same song over and over and over again. I would just walk around the house singing the same. Like, I'll climb this mountain with my hands wide open, God. This is all I can do. And as worship leaders, I believe that, like, Dana, you're saying, you know, that trauma and the abuse that took, like, place, as long as you're worshiping the Lord in, in the, the deepest parts of your heart, you don't need to be on stage, you know. Sometimes it's okay to take a break and to, to walk away from from the structured idea of worship leading. But um, as long as you're worshiping the Lord in adoration from your heart, and He's the one you go to when you're in that deepest hurts, you know. I feel like you're on the right track, girl. That's like sometimes all we can do is lift up and sing. Yeah, but. Um, I love that God uses the foolish things to to bring Himself glory. You know, just using that example of, of me wondering why the click is not working, different things going wrong, totally thinking about everything other than the set that I'm spoke that I'm literally singing out. It's crazy how our minds do that, right? Um, and He uses the foolish things to be, bring Himself glory. So this poses another question that I wanted to talk about um, that comes out of spiritual formation. So what do we do? When you don't feel like worshiping yourself, what do you do when you don't feel like worshiping? And I, um, what was your name again? Maria. Maria, you asked about that, like what, what I don't feel like uh, practicing, right, and getting ready. But what if you, what do you do when you don't even feel like leading your congregation in worship? 
Anybody have any answers? Like, what do you do personally? God to meet them because He loves them, mm -hmm. and it's not about me; it's about Him meeting them. So you're saying, do it anyway. Do it anyway, and ask God to meet them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you do, Victoria? Sounds like you've been through a season. Currently, currently, I'm still in it. <laughs> Sounds like you're saying you cling to his promises. I cling. You cling I to his cling promises. Like, like I'm old, like there's nowhere else to go. Because I I don't have backups. I, I have one team. You have I to have do it. I have one drummer. Mm -hmm. Our, my backup worship guy is also the most pastor and I can't hold him every week. Like mm -hmm. I have no choice but to push in. Mm -hmm. And it's not it's forcing me to evaluate alright Lord what's important right now in this season for today and the rest will come the rest will happen later so but yeah just recognizing like that <laughs> my husband and I have been our catchphrase of this season is Satan's a big and it's like he's not allowed to get the victory he's not allowed to get that that foothold and, and there have been every I feel weak all the time, all the time. 
So yeah, that's what I heard. From, you do it anyway. You ask the Lord to bless it. In your weakness, He's strong. You cling to His promises. And if it's really bad, you, you find some time to rest. Right? What about you, second row? What do you do when, when you don't feel like leading worship? And you're just like, I just can't do it, God. This is my last Sunday. What do you do? What do you do? I think sometimes it's just a matter of getting yourself back into that place where you remember why you worship. Mm. Yeah. Remember. You, you bring called a remembrance. Yeah, you were called to do that for a reason. God gave you that gift for a reason. And when you can remember why mm. you do it and who it's for, it's not for you. Yeah. So how you're feeling that day has nothing to do with it. You're there to worship God. I love that. So that kind of segues into this next part that I was going to talk about. Um, as a leader, whenever you don't feel like leading, not just not just worship, but, you know, like we're on stage. People are, are, we have to be able to say, imitate me as I imitate Christ when you're on stage. So when you don't feel like leading God's flock, really, it comes down to uh, the mature leader will put themselves in a position to be filled by the Lord, whether, whether that looks like doing it anyway, faithfully, asking God to meet them, asking the Holy Spirit to take over because you're weak, or resting, clinging to his promises, um, the mature leader will put themselves in a position where they'll be filled even when they don't feel like it. Now, and I think that's so important for us as worship leaders. As I was studying through John chapter 4, you know that uh, the, um, the woman at the well? Jesus goes to meet the Samaritan woman at the well. You know, he asks her all these questions, and they're going back and forth, and, you know, he's like, bring your husband. And she's like, I don't got a husband. He's like, yeah, right, you had a bunch of husbands. You know, just kind of calls her out. And he presents this idea of living watered unto her. He's like, if you drink out of this water, you'll never thirst. You'll never thirst. And I think as worship leaders, we need to cling to that promise. Um, when we drink of his living water, no matter how tired we are, no matter how weary, how abused we've been, we will never thirst again. And I love what he says um, later in that. He says, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And I know right there when he's talking about the word worship, he's not necessarily talking about praise and song, but we can directly relate that to our lives. Those who worship him must, be, must worship him in spirit and truth. And in the Greek, that word worship is proskineo, proskineo, um, and it means to kiss. And I love that picture of how worship leaders, that is the picture of what we do. When we bring people into the presence of God, not bring them in because they're already there. God's already there. But when we help them get there, when we, you know, when we encourage them to sing out and glorify God, we are, we are kissing the master's hand. Does that make sense? And in the Greek, literally, the picture is of a dog licking its master's fingers. Isn't that weird? It's a picture, you know, that complete, how many of you own dogs? Like, you own dogs? They love you so much. You could treat them horribly, and they'll still, they love you so much. She is the cutest dog ever. Um, but it's that picture, when you come in to worship the Lord, you, it's like you're, you're kissing, you're licking his hands as a dog would lick his master's hands. And, um, man, I just... I never want to get away from that as a worship leader. And I don't, I, that's my heart for all of us here is, is we never want to get away from that adoration of Jesus before effectiveness, before every, all the sinks, all the, the 
the lyrics are synced perfectly on ProPresenter, you know, and everything's going right before all the smooth transitions, before the clicks playing at the right place. It's like, where is, where is my heart? Yes, those things are important, but where is my heart, you know? And, um, yeah, I just... It's just that complete, complete abandon, you know? So that brings another question, and maybe you want to tie into this too, because I've been talking a long time, but it was, it was what are some ways to maintain healthy a healthy worship environment what are some ways what are what are things you do here we rest yes please rest if you can rest a lot you know if you can't rest a little bit but what are there some ways that you can maintain healthy worship like what do you do obviously you take care of your body you take take care care of your instruments if you're allergic to certain foods don't eat them the night before you're supposed to lead worship right (laughs) you got that you're gluten free don't go out for pizza the night before you're supposed to lead worship to be all swollen. But what else? We craft our, our, our giftings. We're practicing our, our guitars. We're practicing our piano parts. We're coming to rehearsal on time. You know? This may be uh, unconventional or that you may not think this is very important, but it is to me. Um, we're artists. So go ingest art. Mm. Go to a museum. Mm. Like, you may not think it's attached and you're like, oh, it's not very spiritual. It is. Everything is sacred for the believer. Everything you do is sacred. So even if you're looking at something beautiful, like what does it say in the Psalms? Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Mm. Things that are beautiful. Go to see a sunset. Like if you're single, go out with your friends. Watch a movie. You know, start it like enjoying art around you. And you would see as an artist as well, God cares about your artist as well. I don't know like if how you feel about therapy, but I think therapy is awesome. And um, take care of that child. Take care of that artist within you. Because God really does care, and then from there you will notice even a difference in your formation as a, like in your spiritual formation that you're like, you see all these ways that beauty is expressed, and then it encourages you as a worshiper, like I can express beauty in so many beautiful ways as well, and it, it helps stretches your palate as well as an artist. And, um, there's something about looking at pretty things that makes right? you feel a little bit inspired. It's right? kind of weird. You know, even uh, in the psalmist, he's like, I look up to the heavens. You know, I'm looking up at these hills. I'm lo- watching the mountains be moved into the sea. Like, that quant- that whole picture is just so inspiring. Um, here at Reliance, I think one of the biggest things that helped us cultivate a healthy worship environment was getting on the same page as our pastor. Yes. Yeah. I don't know how many of you are worship leaders versus, like, leading the teams versus just, you know, being on the team and, and leading that way. But here, a huge thing, as I've heard from different women, so many different women, is that it's almost like two different things. Like, the worship ministry does their own thing, and then the teaching the teaching pastor and everything else does their own thing, too. But that's not how it's supposed to be, you know. And um, to cultivate a healthy environment, there has to be some kind of con- connection. So here, what we started doing was creating a mission and a vision statement. So every church, you know, has kind of like their main mission. It's like their slogan. You know, you walk into ours, it says, teaching others to know, love, and serve Jesus. That's what ours is here. So as a worship team, we got together and we're like, okay, as a worship team, how do we, how do we achieve or accomplish that mission? What is our vision to accomplish the mission of the church, teaching others to know, love, and serve Jesus. And we came up with a bunch of ideas. I have them all here. We um, One of the things was leading people to engage God through music, to engage with God through music, and that's acknowledging his presence in the gathered body. You know, we gather together on Sundays, 
We lead other people to engage with the Lord. We, we help them engage. Number two is fostering unity while stewarding diversity, right? Because we're not all the same. We come from different backgrounds. Some are a little Pentecostal. You know, some people are like that, or some people, my family's Baptist. There's no drums at their church. I know, crazy. <laughs> drums are no-go. No, but our foundation is Christ. As yes. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Jesus Christ is our foundation. So that's what's important. We foster unity while still stewarding diversity. We encourage it even, you know, because it's so beautiful when we all come from different backgrounds and we worship the same God. Number three, we uh, enrich hearts and minds with theology through song. So this is so important. I know it's kind of a controversial topic in the past, but we are, um, as worship leaders, you're teaching people theology. You're literally preaching the word when you're singing songs. Isn't it funny how you can leave a, a, leave a church service Forget every single thing the pastor says, right. but hum the worship songs like every for days and hours. So this is so important. We're we're the songs that we pick. If we're not tied into what like the pastor's preaching, you know, when there's that marriage of of reading whatever he's preaching that Sunday and picking songs that go inside it, uh, if there's that marriage of unity, it helps people remember what what the word says. Yeah, that is so important. We're teaching others about the character of God. Number four, we're, we're faithful with our gifting. So how we maintain our vision, how we accomplish our mission is by being faithful. We've already talked about that. Crafting your skills, striving for excellence, you know. Rehearsing transitions. Rehearsing the exhortations. I'd even say that. If you're scared, rehearse what you're going to say in between songs. <laughs> I'm serious. Practice that. One of, our, one of our worship leaders, he is so gifted. He, like, produced music in Seattle, all these things. Like, he could play any instrument. He's like, I'm not that good. And they say, you know, Led Zeppelin. But um, he, he practices his prayers during rehearsal. And I'm like, what? You do that? You've been doing this longer than I've been born. Just kidding. Not at all. But I was like, you know, I'm like, you do that? And, and I'd encourage us just to, like, be faithful and practicing. If you're, if you're nervous, there's no shame in saying the same prayer on Thursday or whenever you practice, Saturday night and saying it on Sunday morning. The Lord sees our hearts, right? Number five was raising and equipping servants through discipleship. And this one's so important. Discipleship, discipleship, discipleship. How how are we going to not use discipleship if we want to teach others? Our mission is teaching others. Our vision has to be discipleship. And in that, like, faith is a huge part of this. We do something with our youth worship, our youth worship teams where we bring them up and we help train them. We invest in our people with workshops, um, different resources, um, you brought up the question of, you know, how do you, how do you incorporate click yeah. resources, you know, and we can touch a little bit on that too. And number six was um, seeking to be led by the Holy Spirit. Seeking to be led by the Holy Spirit. We can have everything right, everything tight, everything goes smoothly. The service, the worship service, super effective. We're not led by the Holy Spirit. It just kind of like, it, it feels fake. Have you ever noticed that? Like a production, you're like, oh wow. Uh, it was kind of cool. I was very entertained. But now I just, there's no substance, you know. We want to do that um, in all things, too. To accomplish that mission, we want to glorify God. That's the last one. We want to glorify God in everything. We want to be able to say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. But I think that's pretty much like the portion that I had faith. Yeah. I'll take over more practical things. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to start off with this uh, Bob Coughlin quote because he's awesome. He's awesome. I love Bob, Co- Bob Coughlin. He's a cool. uh, worship leader with Sovereign Grace Music. But he says, a faithful worship leader 
magnifies the greatness of God in Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit by skillfully combining God's word with music, thereby motivating the gathered church to proclaim the gospel. To cherish God's presence. Oh, thank you. Can you hear me? Hello. And to live for God's glory. Um, wanted to share something that really refreshed me from, I just completely stole this from Rhythms of Grace by Mike Cosper. Looks here, by the way. Get it the from table. the resource table. It's amazing. If you're just like, oh, I wish we did something a little bit different. Why is the liturgy of our church, and what I mean by liturgy is like your order of service, but liturgy means that's also that's liturgy. Um, like, I wish we did a, things a little bit different. We need something fresh, and he gives you different how different denominations even have their order of service if, if you're contemplative or if you're liturgy or if you're contemporary, like a lot of Calvaries are. Um, he has great practical but also awesome spiritual formation for worship leaders but I'm completely stealing this he has something called the worship one two three that I hope refreshes you in your ministry um, but also you as a worship leader but um, it's really simple worship one is that there is one object and author really easy we know this God is the center of our worship um, worship is about him from beginning to end amen uh, worship was created by God and then because of Adam all the things happen so much blood all the time and then it was recreated anew in Christ so um, that being said we sing to the Father because of Jesus through Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit and one of my favorite things to study is how Jesus sings did you know that Jesus sings we know this Zephaniah 317 that that he sings over us and we see in uh, Matthew and Mark that there are accounts of Jesus singing with the disciples <laughs> and even singing um, in the synagogue as well after he just preached something he just sang and I love that um, Hebrews 212 was also one of my favorite things and I'll talk about later that a little bit later too but but Jesus says in and it's quoting Psalm 22 that I will tell of your name, O Lord, to my brothers and sisters. And he said, I will sing in the midst of a congregation that Jesus sings with us when we sing. And that being said as well, Jesus is the perfect worshiper. So our worship, when it's sung through Jesus, when served through Jesus, is completely perfect and blameless and spotless. There are times where I question my motives. <laughs> I question if I'm worshiping. I question other people's motives, why they're on the platform. But here's the reality. Our worship, our offering, our ministry is only accepted because of Christ. So even if I have a mustard seed of a desire to be on stage, God's like, awesome. Because he looks at Jesus anyways. Because of his great substitutionary sacrifice, we sing through Christ. So even in our unrighteousness, in my imperfection, in my unpracticed and unfaithfulness even, that, not that it's now an excuse to be all those things, but, but even despite those things, it's coming through Christ anyways and going straight to the Father. So because of Jesus, my worship before the Father is perfect, spotless, and pure. Beautiful. I love that. And that's salvation anyways. That's the gospel. It's perfect before the Father. So God now is the center of our worship. That was like, I don't know why that felt new to me when I read that, but praise the Lord. Um, so that's worship one. Worship two is that there are two contexts that we serve in and worship in. Uh, the two contexts are we worshiped 
gathered, gathered and scattered. I'll start with scattered. I don't know why I put gathered. But alphabetical. We'll start with scattered. Uh, the two contexts that we worship in. We worship scattered, meaning the church here, individual believers. Um, what that means is that it's a spirit-filled life of a Christian in the world. We are scattered throughout the world. You, not a, not all of us work at a church. Not all of us are live at a church. We are in the world doing life, going to the grocery store, to the movies, living life. Um, so worship scattered happens in the midst of a not yet restored world uh, where those around us have long forgotten their maker. I'll say that again. Worship scattered happens in the midst of a not yet restored world where those around us have long forgotten their maker. So the life that you live now is scattered, but in worship. You're worshiping out and scattered in the world. So whatever you do, it's unto God. Whatever you do, it's with God. (laughs) You have life with God. And that's what we get to do as we worship scattered in the world, is that we're showing people what life with God looks like. Not life under God, under the heavy hand of God. Not even life for God. Sometimes we think, like, I'm living for God. It's like, no, we're living actually with God. Like, there's, there's, he has come alongside us with Christ in us. Christ be, around, Christ be all around me. Love those songs as well. Because um, sometimes when we say, oh, I'm living for God, it becomes performance-based. It even becomes um, performance-based in a, in a way that, like, I'm, I'm so awesome, God loves me. Or, like, I screwed up, God hates me. So we think the for, I live for God. So if I fall short of that, I'm not living I'm dead, basically. But we have life with God. We need to show what life with God looks like. And worshiping scattered shows people that Jesus isn't a far off. Like you at your desk, you rolling into rolling into school, blasting music, or even just just living life that looks and feels and is tangibly fulfilled in Christ. Um, it shows that we don't have to go to a Mount Olympus, you know, that we are the temples walking around. We are temples of the Holy Spirit walking around. So that's worship scattered. And then we worship gathered, which is when we get to worship together as a congregation. It's the meeting of God's people to remember, to encourage, and to bless one another. The church is an outpost of hope in a dying world. Love that. Outpost of hope in a dying world. It's a fellowship of resurrected sinners. We are, when we're gathered, worshiping, singing in a congregational setting, um, Our presence alone together in God's presence is a foretaste of what's to come. It is the foretaste of a transformation that is going to come. And we are, you know, worship scattered. We are the temples of the Holy Spirit, right? Individually. But then together we are living stones being built together as a house of God, as Peter said. Amen? Love that. Um, So knowing that we worship in these two contexts, gathered and scattered, um, this means our whole life is worship. Duh. We know this. Worship, you're, you know, there's a reason why you're a leader and that you're at this conference. So you know that my whole life is worship. So therefore, it puts our platform anxieties in the proper place. If you're worshiping all the time, uh, Mike Cosper says, distractions, errors, and cringe-inducing moments in the service aren't disasters then on a cosmic scale. Because worship continues always throughout the week. Jesus continues before God's throne. So I join him anytime. Yep. Remember, our worship is through Christ. He's always worshiping. He's just sitting at the right hand of the Father. And then there's like elders and stuff and like weird creatures as well. So they're on, ongoing worship. So you can just join him anytime. And that's the beauty of this context, these two contexts. So, And number three, we have our three audiences. So um, 
this is where I was like, what? But I thought it was just, you know, for the audience of one. <laughs> and you know, you grew up, that's like, it's for the audience of one. It's not about you. Um, or it's not for you. It is a little bit for us when we worship, too. It's a point of spiritual formation. But it is for God, right? But what is that? Why are there three audiences? Like, where am I performing, uh, like, in the middle of a circus ring? Okay. But here there are three audiences. We have God, we have the church, and we have the watching world. God. Start with God. He is here now. Wherever a believer calls on his name, wherever you are in the world, scattered, God is there. And he is, an audience, and he is your audience. And remember, God spoke first. He spoke the world into existence and all of creation, all the things. God initiated your salvation. While you were still sinners, Christ died for you. And then he recreated worship in Christ, right? So God is that main, that first audience that we talk about. He's our maker, and he's always pleased with us because of Jesus. So obviously we sing to him. We sing knowing that he listens and that he hears, and it's beautiful. And because of Jesus, it's perfect whenever we sing. Love that. But then there's also another audience that we fail to acknowledge sometimes. But um, this is where we get into the weird, um, I don't like this conversation because it's so one-dimensional there's more to it but um, people are like oh man-centered worship versus god-centered worship this song has too many eyes and me's not enough gods and i'm just like have you read the psalms though like david if we're going off of that and how many eyes and me's and mine then then we would not sing any psalms or we wouldn't you know so, okay, um, let's think about this then. Um, it sounds very pious and high-minded to be like, I only want like God's name only when we sing songs. It's like, okay, but the psalms were sung about Israel. You read <laughs> about that, like the, the chronicling the history of Israel and all the things. Even in Colossians, in the in Colossians 3.16, Ephesians 5.19, um, Paul says, those are just two examples. There are plenty more, but where Paul himself says, you should sing to each other, like sing in the midst of a congregation, sing to one another because it's, we have to be porous when it comes to singing because sometimes our bold confession of faith may be what someone needs to hear. Maybe someone next to you knows that you're going through something. We have friends who uh, went through a miscarriage, but to see them worship was a bold confession of faith that I needed to see. So that was an audience. I am an audience to my friends worshiping. So I'm going to take a cue from Paul who says, sing to each other. It doesn't say sing to God. He does say sing to God, obviously. But he's also like, but also sing to each other. Remind each other. Uh, Sarah and I send each other sad songs all the time. And that ministers to no, me. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do I have a playlist of just sad songs? Yes. Uh, but your bold confession of faith may be what someone needs to hear. We sing to each other as a reminder. We're singing songs that even aren't our preference. There's, oh, yeah. I don't oh, like, yeah. Glorious Day, I don't like that song. And I love it. And she loves it. But I also know there are, there have been some sets where the Lord's you're going to sing Glorious Day because we need this. Yeah. And I'm just like, why? But <laughs> but that's that's an example of what, like, that the church is also an audience that need to hear this song and need to sing this song. So take... So in obedience, love your neighbor, do the things that maybe you don't want to do. Jesus sings, remember, in the midst of a congregation. He sings to us and sings over us. Um, number three, the watching world. This is our third audience that we need to acknowledge, and we cannot miss this. Psalm 96.3 says, declare the wonders of God to the nations. There are so many psalms that say that. 
declare and sing of God to the nations. Uh, not just, and, and, and like obviously there are other nations other than Israel. To the nations, he's talking to Israel. Sing and declare his works to people who don't know me. First uh, Corinthians is basically, and, and even um, the Timothys, Paul talks uh, and prescribes a lot of worship in the midst of un- unbelievers. And, and our women are going through First Corinthians right now, but he's just like, be mindful of unbelievers in your congregation. They're watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is a watching world around us. Tim Keller says, God wants the world to overhear us, worshiping him. God directs his people not to simply worship, but to sing his praises before the nations. Sorry, really bad. Uh, I'm an English major. This should be a single. <laughs> we are not to simply communicate the gospel to them, but celebrate the gospel before them. We have the watching world. They are also an audience, whether or not you acknowledge it. That's why they think it's weird that we sing in an empty room to someone who isn't, may not be physically there, but he is there because the church is there. Wherever the church is, God is there. Um, so that was what has been refreshing me, Worship 123, one object, an author, two contexts, three audiences. Um, here are some resources. We're not super done. I know we have seven minutes left because we want to do a little bit more ministry and prayer and answer some more questions. But um, here are some podcasts that I really love. Um, my friend Alex does worship ministry training, and he also has an amazing resource uh, for training and giving. Uh, if you're a worship director and you need help with, like, yeah, how do I introduce Click and stuff? He has a cohort that's completely free. You just are part of it, and you can talk to him, and he's really cool. Alex is really cool. He's a worship leader at Cavi South Bay. Um, here are some great books. One book that I forgot to add, specifically about being a woman in ministry, is Jesus and Gender by Elise Fitzpatrick and Eric Schoomaker. Jesus and Gender. Uh, have I ever felt any more seen and heard until I read that book? Maybe not. Um, it, they're, if, just in case you're wondering, they are, they are complimentary. <laughs> um, but they do, but that's not the point of the book. The point is to kind of search all the ways that Jesus um, dealt with gender and men and women in ministry, brothers and sisters. I think it's a great book. Um, yeah. So, um, Sound Plus Doctrine. Yes, Sound Plus Doctrine is great. That's um, Bob Coffin. Worship Leader Probs is great. It's fun. Beyond Sunday is great. And they all these guys um, interview like big worship leaders like Brooke Ledgerwood and stuff, but also like mom and pop worship leaders like you and me. So I'm, I'm sure you've all read all of these. Yes, but they're great. Uh, so just maybe it's some things that we didn't touch on that um, some of you ladies brought up, but like intergenerational ministry is very interesting. So culturally, I'm Filipino. So uh, I come from very uh, difficult contexts regarding generational ministry because I'm told that if they're older than you, you listen to them. Mm -hmm. And even if you are more spiritually mature than them, how dare you call me out on anything? Which is hard because then when you diagnose that, you're like, okay, I'm realizing this is more of a culture rather than the gospel and rather than a biblical thing. Um, so with intergenerational stuff, it's, it's now seeking discernment from the spirit on honoring generations who've 
built that foundation for us culturally, honor the culture of um, hymns and Rich Mullins, you know? <laughs> honor those things, and Darlene Jack, because I love her. Um, honor those, and what are ways that we can um, build relationship, and because then you see that looks like discipleship, too. Like, you're asking them, like, how, what can I glean from you, but also, uh, in humility, be like, can we introduce this and maybe have a more integrated approach to ministry together? Um, so, it, a nice roundabout way to go about like bridging those gaps is just to hang out with each other. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds weird. No, that's what I was community, say. yeah. Community. community nights. What do it's ours like, look I, like? I, you know how I, I'm in my thirties now, and I think uh, junior highers and high schoolers are so scary. They ask to leave worship for different things, and I'm like, they're, they don't sing, and they're hard to talk to. I don't understand the lingo, you know. Yeah. But then that just makes me think of like the older saints. How yeah. they might view me, yeah, and yeah. what builds what what builds that bridge is just community. It's having conversations with each other. It's it's building a relationship and getting to know one another, you know. And if it's mm-hmm. awkward because you don't want to do one on one, like if you're grandpas, you know, like you might not want to do one on one. But if you have community night where worship team just gets together and you you sing some songs and you eat some cheesecake or something, you know, yeah. you tell a little bit about your lives. Um, that has benefited our worship community so much just getting to know one another having a barbecue at somebody's house coming over nothing official you don't you know? even need to talk about ministry no just hang just out. hanging out and building that relationship i feel like that's mm. that's probably the best way to get to know each other and then you're like oh you're actually really cool and really wise and i'm so happy yeah. that the lord has brought us together and i think with the the whole um generational gap and, and the wisdom thing that she said that's really great inside faith it's like we were kind of taught to respect other people and to prefer their ideas but um, really as leaders we're called to be meek we're called to be humble to be humble and to come come about things with wisdom but also um, in understanding as well so it's like when we we tread lightly yeah. with other saints yeah, we're all different they grew up in different they have different backgrounds you know but um I just think about the humble character of Christ. Like he, yeah. he, there was common ground always, and that's Jesus. Yeah. And just taking that humble route. Like, okay, I can understand. I understand what you're saying about the no drums. Like, <laughs> you know, I really hear it. But um, just find a way to, to delicately say, you know, but we're using drums. So yeah. <laughs> but it's just that it's the humble route. It's all about presentation and how you speak. Yeah. Because um, the worst thing is to go in as a young person and say. I'm the boss, and you're you just gotta submit to me and listen. It's that's the the absolute worst thing. God doesn't get glory in that. I feel like, um, yeah. You have a question? Just along the lines of like being younger and coming in and supposed to be older, and I actually err on the other side. I'm still dealing with questions of experience. I didn't give a lot of structure because I wanted. Humility and meekness and taking that correction and saying, like, okay, I hear what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I want to change and I want you to know that I do care. We're we're already at three. This is so sad. I know. We're already at three. Um, But 
if you have any more questions or anything, um, talk to us. Yeah. I mean, I'll, we'll give, I, I'll give you my Reliance email. I will give you, it's faith at reliancechurch.org. Yeah, seriously, Sarah um, at reliancechurch.org. Sarah at reliancechurch.org. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram, Faithology yeah. Sarah Holiday. Um, just find us and even even if we don't have answers, we just we want to hear you. We want to pray for you. Pray for you. You know, because we don't have all the answers either. We're just doing this because we love Jesus and we want, you know, we, we yeah. want to glorify him and we want mm. churches to be healthy. We want worship leaders to be healthy. Right. Spiritually and, and physically and emotionally and mentally, you know, all these things. So. And we want you to know you're heard too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Through all the things, been there, been through the misogyny, been through you know, been through a lot of the things that maybe are un- even unintentional hurts from from the yeah. church, wounds that uh, I didn't realize were wounds until later. You know, I've been there and it's very difficult um, from other worship leaders too. Um, but you guys are so seen, and um, Jesus knows, Jesus cares so much about all this stuff. <laughs> so um, we'd like to pray over you. Sarah, you can pray first, and then yeah, okay. and I'll pray, and um, let's continue with the day. Pray for each other. Yeah. Um, oh, Lord, we just come before you, and I thank you for this group of women, all these women here from different congregations just coming and um, wanting to press into you, Jesus. I pray that your Holy Spirit, that you would just um, continue to reveal the secret intentions mm-hmm. of our hearts and bring it to light, Lord, so that we might be closer to you and look more like you, Jesus. We ask for forgiveness for making it about us, Lord, for for harboring pride and what we do if it's good, pride and and what we do if it's bad, Lord, and just being embarrassed. We just want to cast all of that aside and ask for you to meet us where we're at, Jesus. I just, I know that you're faithful, God. That you're faithful, we trust you, we love Jesus. I ask for everyone who's here who might be hurting and didn't voice anything, God, I just pray that you would heal them. Your word says that you're, that you're near to the brokenhearted and bind up, bind up their wounds, Lord. Heal us and bind our wounds. Draw us in with your love and kindness, Jesus. is in your name we pray. Yes, Lord, and we're thankful for your faithfulness, God that you're faithful to call us into ministry, to equip us, to transform us, Mm -hmm. to form us into the image of Christ. God, again and again, we understand that we need a fresh filling of your Spirit. So I'm even opening my hands right now, Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Would you fall afresh on me, fall afresh on my sisters, for the work of the ministry, knowing that we're just vessels, broken, um, but we have this treasure of the gospel within us. So, Spirit, would you overflow within us? And may our love for you um, be overflowed in our love for one another and our congregation. But where there's bitterness or hurt, would you fill us with your compassion, Jesus? Help us, God, to see people as you see them, but you also see ourselves as you see us. Lord, as you're molding and shaping us, um, as you're calling us to repentance again and again, we thank, we're just thankful for the blood of Christ that marks these earthen vessels and makes us beautiful, Lord. um, That the sweet sound that comes out of our mouths, sometimes we don't like the sound, but Lord, to you, it's perfect. It's sweet. It's beautiful because of Jesus. So it's only by Jesus that we come. And then we run to you again and again, God, because you're you're so good to us. So as, 
as we are leaders, yes, and servants, remind us that we're just children of God as well, Lord. So um, call us closer to you as we continue to serve, and may you work your faithfulness within us and for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, thanks for joining us today. We hope you find this content helpful. Hey, stay connected with us on Instagram and Facebook for all that is going on um, on, with When She Leads. Hey, save the date, October 20th and 21st of 2023, as we have scheduled our big annual live event. We're going to be gathering and details will be coming out. And so I just want you to be able to pop that date on your calendar for now and plan on bringing your ministry teams for out for a weekend of refreshing, training, and connecting with one another. This year, our guest speaker will be Ruth Jo Simons. If you have not met Ruth yet, she's fantastic. Look her up on Instagram. Um, she reminds me of like the, the Magnolia. Joanna Gaines. Yeah, she's an artist. She writes Bible studies. She's been a pastor's wife. We've had her out. She's fantastic. So join us for that. We'll see you next time.